good news this morning is that there is a Messiah coming who checks all the boxes of our expectations. Now notice that this Messiah has one qualification above everyone else. Qualification that allows him to meet every category of need without exception. First of all, his qualification for the work. We're told, Isaiah tells us, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. That was his qualification. This was a prophetic announcement that the prophet Isaiah was making about the Messiah. The Messiah that everybody needs and is longing for, but not everyone is aware of the need of him. A Messiah who is a prophet, but who is different from every other prophet. Because you see, the prophets from time to time in the Old Testament, they experience the Spirit of God upon them, moving them from time to time to either write something or say something or do something. This is called the anointing. But this Messiah, however, will have the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord always upon him. Always upon him. Moving him and anointing him and empowering him to minister to the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, the prisoner, the grieving, and the despairing. As he is going about ministering to people in all of these categories, the power of the Spirit is upon him to grant them the deliverance they all need. And so the invisible presence of the Sovereign Lord will always rest on him with supernatural power. Supernatural power. Empowering him with wisdom and understanding, with counsel and might, with knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the presence of God will enable him to delight always in the fear of the Lord. To judge and settle disputes with righteousness, with equity, and with fairness for all. To strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and destroy the wicked with the breath of his lips. Who else can do that? This Messiah can. Secondly, we look at his appointment to the work. It says, because the Lord has anointed me. The anointing is what set someone apart for sacred service to God. And so in the Old Testament, whenever a king or a priest was being appointed to um, some public office, there would be a public ceremony in which a flask of oil would be poured out over their heads. That was called the anointing. They were anointed for public service to God. So this Messiah will be anointed by God and sent into the world on a rescue mission. We love rescue missions, don't we? I'm sure you see them. And we delight in this um, character that somehow has the ability to defy all of the odds and to rescue somebody who was in danger. This Messiah came on a rescue mission. And he came to seek and to save those who were lost. Now Jesus clearly understood that he was sent. And he clearly understood that he was sent with the anointing on him to minister to the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, the prisoner, and the mourning. He assured his disciples of that. 
Because this is what he says in um, St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 40. He says, whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. So Jesus understood that he was sent. He also says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 43, he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. So our Messiah was anointed, he was appointed, and he was sent to us by God himself. Let's look thirdly at, at the assignment for which he was appointed and sent. Isaiah reminds us, Jesus himself, the Messiah himself, speaking through the words of Isaiah. He says, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, and the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. And so as I read these verses, what strikes me is that the Messiah that was sent checks all the boxes. First of all, he checks the preacher box. He was anointed, appointed, and sent to preach or to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, don't take the poor to mean only those who are materially poor, only those who are lacking in resources. The word poor is also translated meek, which means those who are poor in spirit. Those who have a humble and penitent disposition. Those who are desperate for good news. Things couldn't be any worse for them. They're desperate for good news. And therefore, because they're desperate for good news, they are open to good news. The good news that there is a Messiah who can save them, Forgive them, change them, and change their circumstances. He can make their life work, make their life count, and make their life better. But James tells us that it is the meek who are disposed to hearing the news. The spiritual poor, they are best disposed to receiving the gospel because, you see, they're desperate, and they're hopeless, and they're open to the news that comes. So Jesus checks the preacher box, but he also checks the healer box. He has been anointed, appointed, and sent to be a healer. He has been sent to bind up the brokenhearted. Now, whenever you and I have pained limbs, they're usually bound up and bandaged to ease the pain. Whenever you have broken bones or bleeding wounds, they're typically wrapped and bound up so that they may heal. It is the same way that Jesus has been sent to bind up hearts that are broken. 
believe that there are people amongst us this morning whose hearts have been broken. People who are hurting emotionally and hurting spiritually. I want to say to you this morning that if your heart is broken for whatever reason, that is precisely why this Messiah was sent, to heal and to bind up your broken heart. And so he, he, he checks the healer box. Thirdly, he checks the savior box, the deliverer box. He has been anointed, appointed, and sent to be a savior or a deliverer. And as such, he makes two very interesting proclamations. First of all, he makes the proclamation of peace. Peace to the captive and to the prisoner. Now suppose you are in any prison this morning, whether that prison is a physical jail or a prisoner, a prison, I'm sorry, of your own making. Just suppose you are in any prison. Jesus has been anointed, appointed, and sent to proclaim freedom for you from that prison. Freedom to the captives and the opening of the prisoner to those who are bound. Now that includes all of us who were subject to the justice of God. We have all owed God a debt that we could not pay. Jesus, our Messiah, proclaims that he has satisfied God's justice God's wrath that could have been poured out on us. And he's proclaiming peace to us. Now there's some people who are still bound by Satan. They are still carrying out Satan's bidding. This Messiah also brings peace to them by proclaiming to them that he has conquered Satan and has enabled us, therefore, to shake off every yoke from around our necks. Amen. If you're a Christian, there should be no yoke around your neck except the yoke that binds you to Jesus Christ himself. That's the first proclamation, the proclamation of peace. But notice, he comes also with the proclamation of war, war against his enemies. He has been anointed, appointed, and sent to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. Vengeance means revenge. How many of you want to take revenge on somebody this morning? Jesus will take revenge one of these days. His patience is still keeping him from doing that. But one of these days he will. But notice that first of all, he has already taken revenge through the cross on which he died. Because on that cross, what he did was that he punished death and Satan and hell and all the powers of darkness. He destroyed them. The Bible tells us very graphically, the Apostle Paul does, that Jesus triumphed over all of these things through the power of his cross. He triumphed over sin, over Satan, over death, over hell, and over all of the powers of darkness that were against us. He destroyed them through the power of his cross. Amen. This is how Paul says it. He says that through the power of the cross, he has disarmed, that means that he has taken away the weapons that the enemy had in his hands. 
He has disarmed, weakened, and he has publicly humiliated every administration that was against us through the power of his cross. One of these days, he will take vengeance on those who refuse to obey him. So he checks the savior box. But I like this, verse 4. He checks the comforter box as well. Jesus has been anointed, appointed, and sent as a comforter for all who mourn. I think that word all should be in capital letters. And what that tells me is that Jesus has enough comfort in himself to comfort all who mourn, whatever the reason. Whatever the reason, whatever the source of their sorrow, he can comfort all who mourn. But he not only comforts them, this is, in fact, this is how he comforts them. He comforts them by giving to them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Now, in the Old Testament, whenever anybody mourned, Typically, what they would do is that they would pour ashes over their head and they would sit in ashes. And that was a sign that they were in mourning. If they lost a husband, if they lost a wife, if, they, if something tragic happened, that is how they ex exhibited their mourning. If you're going through any kind of sorrow this morning. Jesus wants not only to comfort you, he wants to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And then secondly, he wants to provide you with the oil of joy instead of grief. It is amazing to me how people who are going through the deepest, darkest places of grief can still celebrate, can still have joy. That is because it's a gift. It's a gift from this Messiah. As you watched Stan... Donnell yesterday, you could not help. And as he has gone through this entire period, what has really struck me is his remarkable sense of peace, poise, stability. It's a gift. It's a gift. The oil of joy instead of grief. The garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. And he does this all the while, all while he's walking alongside us as the paraclete, the one who comes alongside us and who will never leave us nor forsake us. He checks the comfort of us. Finally, he checks the planter box. You didn't know that God was a planter, did you? Well, this is what uh, Isaiah tells us. They, meaning those who were mourning, those who were in prison, those who were oppressed and poor for whatever reason, they will now be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so Jesus has been anointed and sent to cure wounds, to release us from bondage, to comfort us in our sorrows, and the game plan that he has in mind, the end of that game, if you want to call it a game, you can't really call it a game, but his end goal, if you want to put it that way, is to make us oaks of righteousness. Not just any tree now. A specific tree. You know, the, the oak tree is a graceful tree. It's a, it's a huge tree. He wants to make us oaks of righteousness that God himself plants. I believe that this is a, 
is a signal, a beckoning to the church. Because you see, the church that Jesus came to plant consists of nothing more than broken-hearted people. People whose hearts have been broken. People um, who have experienced heartbreak, but they have, they're now experiencing the mending that Jesus came to provide. Prisoners and captives that he has set free, or he's setting free from their prisoners. Mourners that he's comforting. The despairing that he has given hope. And God has now renamed us broken people, mourning people, poor people. He's renaming us as oaks of righteousness that he now expects to produce the fruit of righteousness that brings him glory. The bottom line of our message this morning is that the news that the Messiah has been anointed, appointed, and sent should fill us with great I have an application response for us to make this morning. I'm going to close this message. But I close it by asking, which box or category do you find yourself in? I'm going to take some time to go through these categories. And I'm going to ask you to do nothing less than raise your hand if I name the one category or the one box that represents you. And when we get through the, the entire list, I will pray that the Messiah who checks all of the boxes helps you with your box. If you are poor in spirit, you know that the one thing you can't do is that you can't help yourself. You can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, as we love to say. You can't climb out of the hole that you find yourself in. As you try to get out of it, you find that you get deeper and deeper into it. If you're poor in spirit, you're sorry about your sins, and you need the one who has been sent to free you from that box. If this category describes you, raise your hand, not so that I may see it, but so that you may acknowledge that you're in that box. Secondly, if, you, if your heart is broken, then you are in the category of the brokenhearted. You have, you have lost someone to death, perhaps divorce or separation. The dreams that you had have been dashed. Your heart has been broken into several pieces. You need the one who has been anointed, appointed, and sent to bind up your broken heart in the same way that a doctor binds up broken limbs and wounds. If this category describes you, Please raise your hand, not so that I may see it, but so that you may acknowledge. Thirdly, if you feel trapped in some habit that you can't break free from, then you are the one that Isaiah is referring to as being captive, as being a prisoner. And no matter how hard you try to break free from this habit that has you held captive, you just find yourself going deeper and deeper and deeper into that habit, into that captivity. So you need the one who has been anointed, appointed, and sent to break you out of that prison that you can't get out of on your own. This category describes you. Please raise your hand, not so that I may see it, but so that you may acknowledge. 
you have experienced grief, then you are in mourning. And mourners need someone to comfort them. So you are in need of the one who has been anointed, appointed, and sent to comfort all, capital letters, capital letters all who mourn, and to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of despair. This category describes you. Please raise your hand, not so that I may see it, but so that you may acknowledge it. Finally, suppose you are a tree that is growing all by yourself, doing your own thing without any kind of accountability to anyone at all. In that case, you need the one who has been anointed, appointed, and sent to make you into an oak of righteousness, to plant you in his church that you may bring him the fruit of righteousness for his glory. This category describes you. Go ahead and raise your hand, not so that I may see it, but that you may acknowledge. And so finally, as I close, Jesus was anointed, he was appointed, and he was sent with good news to people in every category. Not just those that I've listed, but in every category. We are those people to whom he was sent. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, will you, let me ask you, will you let this Messiah meet the need of your heart this morning? If you raised your hand for any reason, may I now see them with all, high, all eyes closed and all heads bowed. I see, I see your hands. I see them going up all over the room. I see them. I see them. Several. Father, this is your moment. This is your moment. We give this moment to you. Your people have obediently raised their hands to you in acknowledgement. We ask God that according to their faith, that you will do for them whatever it is that they need you to do. It is not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. Would your spirit this morning, the spirit of the sovereign Lord who was upon the Messiah, let this same spirit grant deliverance to your people. In Jesus' name I pray.